Welcome back to Epilogues, an unpacking of the weekly Haftarah. You're listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. This week we're going to be looking at the Haftarah of Parshas Vayachi. It is a short Haftarah of only 12 psukim, which is drawn from Melachim Aleph, Perak Beis, the first 12 psukim in that Perak. This is a deathbed Haftarah. It is about a person who is on their deathbed commanding their children, much like what we see in our parsha with Yaakov Avinu commanding his children on his deathbed, which is the reason why it is chosen as the source text for our Haftarah. We have seen beforehand in Parshas Chayisara the um, first parak of Melachim Aleph. This is now the second parak, the follow-up after Shlomo Melech has been anointed as king in the lifetime of David. Now David Melech gives his last wishes to his son Shlomo. The first thing he does in the first four psukim is really to set the tone of what it means to be a king. He says, as he draws the days of his death draw near, it says he explains to Shlomo Melech that he is going to be going in the way of the world, which means he's going to die. And he implores him to be a man. What does that mean? You need to guard that which is the, the guardianship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to follow all the laws of the Torah. And the mantaskil is a kolshatifnesham. You know that you succeed in everything that you do. And the man yokim Hashem es tovaroi asher diber alai lemar. In order that Hashem should fulfill the words he prophesies to me, which were saying, im yishmeru bonecho es tarkom lo leches lefonai beemes. If your sons will keep the law and follow me with all their hearts and souls. There will not be an absentee on the throne of your children from um, all the ages. Which brings us to the question is, is that, is monarchy inherent or contingent? Meaning, once David Melech was appointed the king of all of Israel, was it something that his children needed to earn? Or was it something natural that they received? It seems, by the way, David Melech is speaking to Shlomo, that only if they follow the Torah will they deserve kingship. That's not usually the way kingship works. If we go back to Sefer Shmuel Beis Perek Zion, when David Melech is promised to have a son, then in that place, HaKadosh Baruch Hu seems to promise him, Your kingship will be true to you forever. It'll be an eternal kingship. So it sounds to be that it's natural whether he does or doesn't do what's in the book. However, later on, when you see in the future, when Achia Hashiloni, who's the great prophet, turns to Yeruvam ben Nevat and uh, encourages him to break away, to create a, the, the cessation, the kingdom of Israel, at that point in time, he says, I'm allowing you to do this because Dawud Melech's children do not keep on the path of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And I'm not going to fully take away the kingship from them. You're going to take 10 tribes. They'll only have one in order that I should leave a little bit of the promise I was given to David. Which means to say the following. Is it natural that David Melech will have the legacy, the dynasty of kingship? Yes, that is true. How long will, will that be absolute? Well, it will it'll be true to a degree. And the degree is dependent on actions. If Shlomo Melech will live up to, if his children will carry on doing what is said in the Torah, then yes, in fact, that will be wholesome and all of, they will be the kings of all of Israel. If they do not, they will still have the throne, but it will be a much more diminished throne. And therefore, that's what David Melech is saying over here is, there is no guarantee. Just because you are the, my son does not mean to say that you will be king over all of Israel, neither you his son after that, and that's in fact what happened. We now move into the next section of our Torah. In this section of Pasuk, hey, 
to Pasuk Yud. Um, David Melech gives his son, David, Shalma Melech, a number of last-minute duties. These are the settling of the scores. There are three scores to settle, two negative and one positive. The first one is Yoav ben Tzeruya. David Melech tells Shomer that he is saddened that, uh, that Yoav killed two great people. The names were Avner ben Ner and Amosa ben Yeser. And he killed them in Demei Milchama b'Shalom, when they were at peace, when they were unexpected, they were not on the battlefield. And therefore David Melech says, don't allow him to die a peaceful death. Ensure that he gets killed. Number two, the children of Barzillai HaGiladi. Um, you should do chesed and they should be able to be sustained from my table forever because of what they did for me when I was fleeing from Avshalom. And finally, Shimi ben Geira, the son of the of the tribe of Binyamin, he cursed me a terrible curse. And I told him, I made an uh, oath that I would not kill him, but I'm going to make sure that you do not acquit him of his sin, and you need to make sure that he, he, has, got, he has got rid of. And that's, the, that's what happens. Then David Melech dies, David, and he's buried in the city of David. Um, with, and uh, this is going to be the, the, the um, burial grounds of the monarchs. Now, let's go a little further in this story. So just appreciate what, what's going on over here. Who are these three people and what did they do? Yoav was the general of David. Yoav was one of the greatest loyalists of David Melech throughout his entire life. <clears throat> he protected David Melech at every turn, so much so that sometimes he went beyond the call of duty of what David Melech wanted. Two examples. When David Melech was the king of Hebron, David Melech was the king of only the, the, the kingdom of Hebron of Yehuda for seven years before he became the king of all of Israel, at which point in time the main monarchy was held by the son of Shaul Melech, uh, by a man by the name of Ishbosheth. The general of Ishbosheth was a man by the name of Avner, who was previously the general of Shaul Melech, one of the people who actually sought to kill David upon the orders of Shaul Melech. And Avner was not so impressed by his new king after a while. Ishbosheth was not shaping up to be the king he should have been. And so Avner, um, um, Avner defected and came to David Amelech with a bid for peace, trying to ensure the bridging of the two kingdoms. Um, he, made, he, made, he made his overtures, he placed his bid on the table in terms of trying to make a bridge between the two kingdoms, and he left. At which point Yoav enters and hears about that Avner was here, Avner the, the essentially the rival general, and he tells, he tells David Amelech, this is not all right. It, that, that, that it's clear that, he, that Avner is a spy, Avner is not doing the right thing. He summons Avner back as if in the name of David Amalekh, and when Avner comes to him, he slays him in a very uh, deceitful way. He grabs his beard and uses a sword to cut through his fifth rib and kills him on the spot. That's, that, that's what happens with Avner. And Akdan, what seems to be in protection of David um, of. Uh, um, of David, but there is a personal agenda here as well, and that is is that um, Yoav's brother Asael was murdered in self-defense by Avner, and this seems to be also the, the unburdening of that personal de uh, debt as well. That's the first piece. The next piece that happened with Yoav was that when the David Melech was being pursued by his son Avshalom, um, David Melech con conquers Avshalom, ultimately Yoav kills him against David Melech's will and wishes, but um, then there's another defection, which is under a man by the name of, Sh uh, of Besheva ben Bechri. Melech sends out an army to quell that rebellion, but he dismisses Yoav on the accounts of Yoav killing his son Avshalom. 
even though Yoav um, Avshalom was a threat to David, David Melech did not want him to die. Yoav kills him, David dismisses Yoav, and he sends instead Amasa ben Yasser. Amasa ben Yasser is to lead the people against the new rebellion under Shevah ben Bichri. On the way, Yoav comes along and slays Amasa also deceitfully and takes the reins and continues the march on Shevah ben Bichri successfully. Again, he is acting on behalf of doing the best will for David Amalekh, but at the same time, it's again personal because he was dismissed. And that seems to be the, the, the trend over here. Doing something which is very much a loyalist action for David Amalekh with a personal agenda overlaid to it as well. He is told that these two actions are seen as something which he needs to get rid of him for as well. Um, what did Barzillai do? Why is Barzillai's children to be to be honored? We see in the 19th parak of Shmuel Beis that when David Amalekh had to run eastwards to the Transjordan, he was supported by Barzillai Agiladi. And he was uh, he came out, he was an elderly man, he came out and he looked after David Kilkel, Esamelech, Beshivtoi, Bemachanayim. He was a rich man and he extended his table and made David Amalekh feel very welcome upon his um, fleeing from um, from um, Avshalom. What you see as a fascinating thing, David Amalekh takes it very personally, Hakara Satov, when he was fleeing from Shaul many years before and um, Naval was not willing to give David Amalekh bread and wine. David Amalekh felt that it was treason against the king when Barzillai Giladi goes ahead and looks after him. He feels indebted to him so much so that he wants to ensure that his descendants will be eating off his own table as well. And finally, Shimi ben Geira. Shimi comes from the opposing tribe of, um, of, of Binyamin, who from where Shaul Amalekh came. And when David Amalekh was fleeing from Jerusalem, from Yerushalayim, from Avshalom, his son, Shimi took advantage of that moment of weakness, stood on the adjoining hilltop and cursed him a terrible curse, calling him an Ishbli Isle, an evil man, Isha Damim, a man of blood. It seems that Shimi is rolling into this, the debt or the guilt of having, um, of the the, depo- the deposing or the, the death of Shaul Amalekh, which is a very, very strong accusation to make against David. Then when David Amalekh comes back in power, Shimi comes to him and begs forgiveness he comes and uh, for, for his curse, David Menach makes an oath not to kill him, but ultimately does not acquit him and tells Sh- uh, Shlomo Menach to take care of this as well. Notice that this is in contrast to Shaul. Shaul Menach, when he first became king, at a moment of weakness, there were many people who, B'nai Isle, who did not greet him, did not send a offering to him, said he is not going to be a king. And later on, when Shaul had the opportunity of getting rid of them and taking taking vengeance or justice for these people's dismissal of him as a king. He did not take advantage of that. The Gemara actually says there was a criticism on Shaul Amalek. He should have been more strong with these people um, because it was not just his own personality that was being uh, being attacked. It was the kingship as well. Daud Amalek, on the one hand, personally does not take offense to Shimi, but as a king, cannot let that go as well. why did David Melech not settle these two in his lifetime? It's, it seems to be that these are complex actions. It seems to be these are actions that David Melech did not have an opportunity of really finishing up in his lifetime. And he asks Shlomo Melech to do. Why is it so important that Shlomo Melech does this? It seems to be that David Melech is laying the table. He's closing up all the books, all the debts that may have been, all the issues that may have existed. David Melech wants to be cleared up, to be squared away before he goes forward. And for that to happen, Shlomo Melech, in order to Shlomo Melech to have a a a open a open field, no no debts in the past, these need to be closed as well. And finally that leads us to the end of our Torah where we hear David Melech ruled for forty years. There were thirty three of those years in Yerushalayim and seven years in Hebron. 
Yishlomo Yoshev al Kisei David Aviv Vatikon Malchusoy Ma'od. His kingship was greatly established. And the reason is, is because all the personalities of the past were taken care of before David Melech was, Yishlomo Melech went into the future. With this, we conclude the Haftorah and have a wonderful and meaningful Shabbos.